Welcome to Icons in the Making. I'm your host, Heather Stern, CMO at Lippincott, the creative consultancy behind some of the world's best brands. Join me as I sit down with the leaders of today's most influential brands. You'll hear stories of transformation and walk away with a new perspective on what it means to be an icon. This is Icons in the Making. Women's professional sports have been on the rise and have created a new generation of iconic athletes for people to look up to. That's why I'm so excited to be speaking with Phil Cook, an industry veteran with over 20 years experience at Nike, and now the WNBA's first ever chief marketing officer. Phil joined the WNBA in December 2020, just in time to usher the league into its best and most historic season yet. From exponential growth in viewership to unique partnerships with Google, Amazon Prime, and Coinbase, the WNBA is on fire and yet is only getting started. Welcome, Phil. Heather, thanks for having me. That's uh, quite a lead-in. I'm humbled by that, but thank you. Absolutely. All right. Well, let's just start by looking back at the year. It was a historic season for the WNBA. It's 25th, and it was also your inaugural year as its first CMO. So what's been the most rewarding and what's been the most challenging as you look back? Coming into the job, I, I thought my eyes were wide open. And boy, I didn't know how much more wide they could get. And the amount of effort and passion it takes to operate a major league of sports in this country is enormous. I had no idea what it takes, the effort it takes, and the commitment and, and the always on. This, this running a league is not for the faint at heart. It's it's not for those who waffle, who can't make decisions. You, you've got to go. The league goes and, and time doesn't stop. I'm learning and I'm learning the pace and the quality of decisions that need to be made at pace has been exciting. And that's a big part of you know my learning around how this league operates and what the opportunities exist has probably been the most rewarding piece of it. Everyone is very focused. Everyone is very passionate. They do this because they love the league. And seeing that love and desire to continue to grow the league has been, again, a a very welcoming environment for someone like me from the outside. Even though it's turned 25, it's an adult now. It can rent a car, as you said. It can rent a car, right? Yeah. The WNBA is in transformation. You've spoken about the shift from playing defense to playing offense and moving from survive to thrive and would just love to know more about how you're seeing that transformation, where you're seeing opportunities for growth. And as you said, to kind of quote, get it right. Yeah. When we look at the W and and, and the growth opportunity that exists in shifting from defense to offense or survive to thrive, it covers our fans, obviously, right? They're the ones that we're in service of and, and trying to deliver to them an amazing experience. It involves our sponsors who are investing their very cherished dollars in our league because they see the transformation that's taking place and they see the opportunity that's in front of us. Our job is to put that opportunity in front of those sponsors and get them excited about the potential that our fans have been rewarding us with. They've been watching the games, COVID notwithstanding, they've been uh, wanting to attend the games and they're wanting to deepen their engagement with us. They're investing their dollars in buying the merch and they're investing their very precious time in consuming the game, whether it's on broadcast or in, in social feed or in highlights. 
people are starting to recognize the quality of the game on the court. And I think that is, again, something that we've known for, for 25 years, just how good that play is. And it's now just being recognized by a, a new audience, a younger audience. And equally important as to the play on court is the quality of the people off the court, right? They're cool as hell. These athletes really, really represent culture and youth and design and all the things that are inspiring and fun about being an influencer in today's society. And it's hard not to lean into that. They are the heart and soul of the league. They are the league. And the more we can share who they are into the environment with our fans, with our sponsors, and with our broadcast partners, I think the more we're going to see success. So the league unveiled a new logo and a marketing campaign this year to commemorate the 25th. Talk to me about what went into developing that whole campaign, Count It, and what kind of reaction you got from it. Yeah, thank you. When people take a job for the first time, they usually have a set of problems that need to get solved. I can tell you that this was the opposite. I jumped in. I was hired at the time when this thing was 80 90% baked. So I got to inherit amazing work. I have a creative director in Roman King who led the briefing process. And it was clear that they wanted a mark that was going to be distinctive and disruptive and tell a story in and of itself. And they did an amazing job of bringing that to life. That The counted phrase itself kind of personifies what the league has gone through for 24 years up until this past year. It's you know, the classic double entendre, you know, you can count 25 years of being a great league, but in basketball, it is what you say after making a shot under adversity, you Mm -hmm. get fouled, you finish the play, you exclaim, count it. That's kind of how the W, the teams, the league, the sponsors have felt for 24 years. It was an expression of, hell yeah, we've been, you know, we've been fouled along the way, but, you know, we made the bucket and we're getting better, getting stronger. And, so that story in and of itself was, you know, amazingly ownable for just us. We felt like it was it was a mark and a phrase that was uniquely ownable by the W. And the look itself, you know, the the logo itself with the XX and then the what I call the picket fence or the tally tally marks to 25. Again, disruptive in the space of 25 years, recognizing 25 years. A lot of teams, leagues, organizations do logos, do marks like that. And we wanted something that stood out and that told a story and that created discussion within our ecosystem and, and even spawned discussion and dialogue beyond you know the walls of WNBA fans. And we think it did. I love that. And it really did, I think, break through in an interesting way. And it represents what you've said, which it kind of goes beyond the game in terms of what the league and all those that work for it are trying to achieve. There was also the Say Her Name campaign. Tell me a little bit about that and about what the reaction was to that campaign and and how you see as you're moving into what will be the 26th season, just continuing that legacy of really meaningful campaigns to represent what the W is. The Say Her Name campaign was really reflective of listening to the voice of the athlete. You know, I learned that as a very strong tenant through my years at Nike and it's never never proven me wrong. And in this case, our athletes were very supportive of representing that piece of social injustice. They wanted to use their opportunity and their place in society to remind people that social injustice is not to be ignored, is not to be forgotten. 
And they wanted to ensure that their voice was heard. They were a collective of 144 behind something very powerful. And they felt very strongly that we should use their platform and their exposure to convey their feelings and their sentiments around something they felt was not being represented or, or recognized to the level it should be. So we're very proud at the league to have athletes that are united against social injustice. And it's rewarding to know that the alignment from athletes to teams to WNBA as a league is very much there. We're very aligned as, as a trilogy of stakeholders in this league and, and take it even further to partners, sponsors, and fans. We reflect the sentiment of our fans in so many parts of society and what you want to represent and how you want your feelings conveyed and who you want to support is a very strong sentiment around you know, deciding whether you're going to give your time and energy to something or not. And in the world of influence, these athletes are influencers and our fans align with their sentiment and their position around social injustice. And, and it's a big part of how we're going to continue to grow this league. The W has a very unique stance, I think, in pro sports where we have a set of athletes that are very strong, very vocal against social platforms, LGBTQ+, or Black Lives Matter, and, and of course, gender equity. Just some of the platforms, I think, that are very important to not only our athletes, but our fan base. And that connection between the two is what helps strengthen and, and grow our league. I'm clearly hearing from you just that very strong, undeniable sense of, of duty and passion for, again, beyond the court. Is there something that surprised you as you got to meet these women in a more intimate way in terms of just partnering with them directly being in the league? I've been fortunate to spend time with some of the athletes and be on calls with them and equally just observing them. And I can tell you a couple of things. They're competitive as hell, right? No matter what they're getting after, they're all in. They don't compromise. And whether it's, you know, how they commit on court to how they pursue business and, and social justice off court, they're, they're all in on things. They don't waffle. They're not inconsistent. They're very consistent in their measures. It's humbling and it's enlightening. Marketing has a responsibility to help build these athletes and their brands. And they want to have a point of view on this, right? They're not going to just allow me to sit and represent the league without a point of view and their points of view are strong and they're intelligent and they're inspiring and they're game changing. And, and we react to them because they've been a part of it. They've lived it at a level I cannot fully comprehend. They give great insights around how we should approach the league and, and our marketing and, and everything. And, and they're not afraid to let us know. And I think that's the beauty maybe as I, as I think through this, their willingness to share their perspective and their point of view mm. is unmatched with other athletes that I've worked with in the past. They have a true passion for ensuring that the league is representative of who they want the league to be and who they want to be within the league. And that's inspiring. There's a responsibility to keep up with that, right? I can't take days or moments off. You just you can't. You've got to be continually working on your game. And my game just happens to be driving the marketing of the league, just like they work on their game day in and day out. And, and they inspire you to keep up, which has been probably the biggest eye-opener for me as I've gotten to know them. That's amazing. I mean, the product is the people. You're leading the W's consumer data strategy. Tell me what your 
looking to better understand and how you're seeing behavior changes? Data to me is it's good if you leverage it and you mine insights from it and then act upon those insights. Otherwise, it's it's just noise. How are you using data to get to something? I have a saying that you don't want to be a great hunter and a lousy gatherer, right? You don't want to go get the data and just leave it to sit and ride and not use it. You have to be quick with the data and be responsive because the reactions and the data that we're getting shift very quickly. We have a, a robust data organization at the league and we do a lot of vertical efforts so that we can get our own sets of data and, and start to leverage those and, and, and learn. And we A-B test things and we do all the things that marketers are supposed to do. And it's made us more efficient for sure. It's taught us where fans are attracted and, and where they're not, where they're engaged and where they're not. And we're going to continue to lean into that. And the piece of information that continues to come back over and over again, when we look at the data, is the more our fans get access to who the athletes are and athlete storytelling, the more willing they are to engage. And when a fan or consumer is more engaged in your product, they're more willing to spend time and spend money against it. And and that's a big part of our approach here is, you know, we want to do more athlete storytelling. There's 288 stories across 144 athletes. It's, It's the stories of the athletes on court and the stories of the athletes off the court. And the more we can get that out, into the, the ecosystem of the fans we want to attract, we know that the engagement levels are going to go up. And really, that's how we're leveraging the use of our content to create the data and learn from that so that we can further serve the fan. They will decide what they find interesting, and they will decide who they find interesting. And we're going to put things out there and, and learn from that. And the best marketers do that it is a big focus of how we will move this organization going forward. What's something that you can share that you think is a representation of some of that more future-forward marketing prowess that you're bringing to the league? There's engagement platforms that exist within sport right now that are absolutely blowing up. And wagering on sports, it's no longer a four-letter word. It's really becoming an, an amazing engagement tool to attract and retain consumers of your sport. The gamification of sport is a phenomenally growing and exciting platform. So you'll see us continue to grow into that space. We've just come off our first year of NFTs and digital investments, if you will. And I call them investments. A lot of our our fans are investing in these as as collectibles uh, and an opportunity to not only partake in the ownership of these, but in the the exchange of these and as an investment vehicle. And it's a fun proposition, I think, and a new innovative platform for our, our fans to, again, deepen their engagement. When we watch the engagement of NFT purchase and exchange, that data in and of itself can tell you so much about who are the athletes, who are the teams, what are the matchups, what are the moments that are most exciting and compelling to our fans. And the use of that knowledge in real time will really help to dictate what we do moving forward. We dabbled with on-court data metrics at our Commissioner's Cup uh, championship game this year. We had a couple of partners come in and really teach us what's possible from getting on-court data, on-court information about the game and about the performance nature of the game 
and bring that to our fans. And again, you're giving that fan a, an opportunity to, to deepen their engagement within your game and see you as an innovation platform. And I think that's where we want to be. We're inviting innovation partners to us and we're, we're working with them. We're innovating within our game with them. They're bringing their innovations to us saying, can we try these within your ecosystem? And, and we welcome that because we want to move sport forward. We're not just trying to move the WNBA forward, but if we can innovate and find those partners who want to innovate with us, we think we can move sport in its entirety forward and really be the tip of the spear on how fans engage and consume their game and move forward. So cool. And so many opportunities to experiment and to be unafraid of what may come of it. And I do love the fact that it's about capital A athlete and the sport. And quite frankly, gender doesn't really come into play there. It's just about being innovative. This isn't about women's basketball. This is just about basketball. These athletes are are the best basketball players in the world. If you're a fan of basketball, you're a fan of, of the WNBA. The way these athletes compete and their abilities and their skills on court are phenomenal and they're unmatched. The league is a very competitive place. There's only 12 teams and there's room for more and we'll get there one day. But we're very proud of, again, the product that's that's on the 94 by 50 every night. It's just fantastic. I love all of the terms that you're using. 94 by 50. I got to like remember them next time I'm <laughs> talking to my kids Sorry. about the game. No, I love Sorry. it. Yeah. So Nike. It's hard not to have a conversation and, and talk about Nike given your tenure there and just the fact that it's one of the most loved brands in the world. You've talked about that some of your proudest work was work that you were doing more recently. Tell me about that and, and just something that you've brought with you to this role as you've taken it on. Yeah. The final few years of my Nike tenure gave me an opportunity to what many people call work in white space. You know, I worked in the global basketball category and at Nike, we had a very significant share of the basketball marketplace and scratching out those remaining share points is a heavy lift. I think the opportunity that we presented was, can we just make a bigger pie? Can we just invite more people into the game through the lens of performance, through the lens of culture, and then take our share from that? And that gave us an opportunity to think of the game differently and think of new consumers who could enter into the world of basketball, maybe through less traditional lenses or find the underserved marketplace. So we looked at it with a sense of curiosity and we found a couple of areas that gave us opportunity to grow the game. And the most underserved piece of the game was the women's game. And it led me to years of working internally at Nike to try to serve that women's consumer around the world, knowing that there's a drop-off of women's sport. Young girls drop out of sport at, at twice the rate of young boys as they as they get through, as they go through high school. And, and we knew that we wanted to reverse that trend. We wanted to serve the athletes that stayed in the game with the products and the marketing that they rightfully deserved. And we were able to unlock the opportunity of actually making products with women basketball players in mind, as opposed to shrink and pink or just duplicate product, but put a new size stamp on it. It gave us a huge unlock to go ahead and and look at the game and to serve the game differently. And it worked well because it told the women basketball players that, yeah, we now have products for you. It 
brings a level of trust to this consumer that the Nike brand does think of them. And it allowed Nike then to speak to these consumers in a different way to where, okay, we're starting to solve your basketball needs. Why don't you come take a look at our other products? Why don't you come take a look at our sportswear? Why don't you come take a look at our Jordan products, which are amazingly curated for the female consumer, our yoga, and, and come be a part of our, our membership platforms. And it unlocked this new trust that female basketball athletes had in the Nike brand that we were listening and that we were serving their primary needs as athletes and that would spread into a much larger and deeper relationship overall. That type of work is what led me to the WNBA position. I remember meeting with Kathy while I was at Nike and, and having a conversation and we were talking about marketing the athletes and she was very bold and said, look, you guys do a crappy job of marketing my athletes. Why? Why, why, why? And I shared with her a couple of things that we were planning around how we're going to elevate the U.S. Olympic team that we're heading to Tokyo in 2020, which turned out to be this past summer. And we had created this thing called the greatest dynasty ever. And we were going to put these athletes on a pedestal that no other team could ever achieve. And a light bulb went off. She could finally see that, okay, someone's listening here. And we needed to lead the charge. As we go, as Nike went at the time, other brands would follow. If Nike had started to invest in women and these athletes, we knew the trickle-down effect would be similar brands who share the same consumer would also follow suit. And it turned out that, boy, a lot of brands jumped on. And, and you now see so many consumer brands and platforms really starting to elevate not only the WNBA athletes, but the soccer athletes and, and the Olympic sport athletes. And they're all starting to get a part of, of where they should be in terms of their recognition and their ability to, to be the right voice for a massive set of consumers out there. And, you know, the Nike work gave me that opportunity to, again, go and mine those, those consumers who are underserved or ignored. So as I move into the WNBA role, I'm really trying to instill this sense of curiosity of don't be bound by what we've done for the first 25 years. If I gave you a white sheet and said, let's start marketing a WNBA for the first time, what would you do? And where would you go? There is no such thing as, well, we did it in the past and it didn't work out. Those days are gone. And I'm encouraging everyone in the organization to think differently and be curious and see what's out there. And that opportunity then lends itself to, to finding new partners and new sponsors and, and a partner like Coinbase that comes in and, and says that they see an alignment with where we're going and who we're attracting with where they're going and who they're attracting. And that's wonderful. I don't think that that alignment would have existed a few years ago. I mean, it's it's really an incredible career and you're an amazing marketer just in terms of how you talk about storytelling and taking risks and encouraging curiosity. As you look towards talent that you're bringing on or that you're partnering with, what do you think makes for an amazing marketer today? I think putting the consumer at the center of everything you do, solving their problems or solving problems that they don't even know they have yet. I think is is very important. Uh, the sense of curiosity and wonderment and being willing to look outside of your very tight environment to see what other brands are doing is, is important. I think marketing is inherently a very simple function. We get to spend money and, and all the people in the organization, we're the only group that gets to spend money. We don't have to make any money. We, have to, we get to spend it. And, and who doesn't love to spend money? So now 
you just decide like any decision you make, you have a set of money. How do you prioritize how you're going to make that investment to help solve that? You think, well, what is it that the person we're investing on behalf of, what do they want? And it's no different than how you solve your own spending decisions, but it ebbs and flows and and not everything has to be long-term. Not everything has to be a guaranteed win. I think that's where the risk of curious marketers comes in and let's try something. Let's try something new. And that only comes from new and courageous and curious thinking. And that's what I'm looking for is people who are willing to go down that, that journey with me. Speaking of journeys, as we started the conversation, you've made this pretty significant shift, both personally and professionally, having been at Nike for 20 years on the West Coast or now on the East Coast. Right now, broadly, I think people are in a space where they are reevaluating what they want to do and maybe looking to make a pivot. What advice would you give to people who are not necessarily at the beginning of their careers, but feel like they certainly have a lot more in them to give and to achieve and really are looking to to make the change as as they make that change, what lessons uh, can you share with them? I'm a voracious reader of editorial content. I just consume a lot of information. I'm in constant learning mode. I think so many things have come out of my understanding of where things are headed, not where things are. And a role of the WNBA is different than a role of maybe another league. I think the WNBA was on this precipice of something amazing, and it was going to get to somewhere if we aligned with things that I was understanding was happening in the sports ecosystem and in the cultural ecosystem and on the influencer ecosystem and, and how the world is working. And my decision to join the W was because my ability to understand what was possible and where the W is and where it's headed, I could see that intersection in the future. And I wanted to be a part of that journey. I wanted to be a part of that. I wanted to be a change agent for the W. I wanted just to be a part of something new and exciting. And that would encourage people who are deciding if they want to move on is to go and find that environment where your interests and your passions and the things that you spend time with, if you have the very luxury that I had, those personal passions and understanding, when they intersect with a business that is not there, but is getting there, I think that's the sweet spot, right? So I got very lucky and it worked for me, but I would encourage people to to work hard to find out where those intersections are. And if you can't find the fit, then open up the aperture a little bit and and look differently. You don't have to find it today. You might get there on your next job or the job after that. These journeys are not linear at all. There's more switchbacks in life than than there are straight paths for sure. And I'm a very strong believer that, that that's what makes you stronger as you try to move north in your career is the east and west movements are often setting you up for northern moves. But it is trying to figure out where the world is going to go and finding that organization or finding that opportunity that is at the beginning of that journey. And I encourage people to go find that. That's amazing. And I think really good advice. I think about people who are listening to this right now thinking, gosh, Phil is an icon and he's just continuing to do amazing things. 
Who's your icon? For me, it always comes down to an individual. My brother has been a phenomenal influence on my, my entire life. He's seven years older than me, and he's always approached life in a way that I aspire to do so. He's a very humble, hardworking, unbelievably strong moral compass individual. He was real all the time, and, and he never let anything become bigger than it was. He had a very, very good sense of looking at what was in front of him and solving that and not trying to bring more into it. I know when he retired, he let this massive chasm where he was last employed and you you can't fill it with an individual. He was truly a genuinely good person. In terms of icons, he's the one individual and my father was the same way. But as I look beyond the personal side of it, I look in business Look, I've been I've been phenomenally impressed with Kathy, my boss. She's a big reason why I made the jump over the WNBA. She is the trailblazer. She's an icon. She's brilliant. She works harder than anyone I know. You know, it's hard not to want to go into work every single day. And she has this great balance of, you know, what has to get done and what we don't have to worry about. So I really have learned a lot, again, in my short tenure with her. She truly is an icon, not only in the sports industry or not only for women, but that's definitely the case. Just a really, really good leader of people. And I'm proud to have an opportunity to learn alongside her for the next few years. Well, Phil, I have to say, I loved this conversation. And we started out by talking about, you know, WNBA is 25 and it's it's got a lot in front of it to achieve and to do. And I think you're just getting started too. I know there was a lot that you've accomplished in your career, but there's a lot more and we're excited to watch from the sidelines. I've been very fortunate. And again, I'm along for the ride. My job is just to continue to shepherd and guide and inspire the people around me who do all the hard work. I feel extremely fortunate to be in the situation I'm in with the, with the group I'm with. Well, you've inspired me. I know you've inspired everyone who's listening. Thank you so much for being so generous with your insights and your learning. And I can't wait for next season. Thanks, everyone. Take care. Thanks for tuning in. If you liked what you heard, share with your colleagues and friends and subscribe on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen. And if you're feeling really generous, leave us a five-star rating. Thanks, and I'll see you next time. Oh,